Forgotten Cinema is getting romantic for our eighth season and just in time for Valentine's Day as we cover the 90s ensemble drama, Beautiful Girls. We'll then do a complete 180 as we dive into some spy films, Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy and Spy Game. We'll find out why white men can't jump and whether you should shoot to kill while enjoying a Frankenweenie. Nope, that doesn't make any sense. You know what else doesn't make sense? This season will also feature our 100th episode of Forgotten Cinema. Feels like 100 years. Don't I know it. Forgotten Cinema. Never stop, never stopping. Yes, that's a hint. Part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. Hi, I'm Mike. And I'm Dave. And join us every Thursday for a new episode of Two Player Bros, a podcast about two guys who play way too many video games. Join me and Dave as we talk about the latest in Xbox, PlayStation, PC, and VR news, previews, and reviews. We have it all, and we play it all. And join us every other week for Post Game, where we play through and dive deep into our favorite modern classics and new releases. That's Two Player Bros, available every Thursday wherever you get your podcast. part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. Welcome to Cracking One Open with Mike and Elise. It's a podcast about beer. And sometimes not beer. But mostly beer. But mostly beer. <laughs> and because of that, mm-hmm. I've got a fun fact to start today's episode out. That's right. I have something to say before you get to say your stuff. That's not just a funny joke. Although it's Did you raise your hand? Ma'am. <laughs> Ma'am, can I got can I tell the class something? <laughs> Professor? Go for it. Scientists have figured out how many bubbles are in a glass of beer. What? That's right. Scientists figured it out. I don't know why. And I don't get why this is important. Well, first off, why not? (laughs) The American Chemical Society said in a statement, these bubbles are important sensory elements of beer tasting, similar to sparkling wines because they transport flavor and scent compounds. It's true. So, Gerard... I'm going to mess his name up. Laguerre Blair. He's French. That's why I said uh-huh. it like that. Uh, he's a researcher at the University of Reims Champagne Ardennes in France. Counted the number of bubbles in a flute of champagne before turning the question up to beer. So he counted it in a paper on the bubble count published in the journal ACS Omega late March this year. The number of bubbles likely to form in a glass of beer, this is a quote, is the result of the fine interplay between dissolved CO2, tiny particles or glass imperfections acting as bubble nucleation sites and descending bubble dynamics. Uh, He arrived at this estimate through a combination of carbon dioxide measurements, calculations of how the glass encourages bubble formation and high speed photography that help them track the bubbles floating to the top. Huh. There's a wide swing in this estimate because it's going to vary with the style of beer and obviously the type of glass. That's exactly that what I was ca- going to bring calculations. up. Yep. <laughs> but you can expect it to be around this number, which is between two. And this is, again, a ridiculous number. Then uh, this is a half pint of lager that they used. OK. So kind of like middle of the road kind of bubbles on this one. Between 200,000 and 2 million bubbles before <laughs> going flat. And obviously, when <laughs> they do this experiment, they're doing a whole bunch of different lagers and stuff like that. That's quite a range. Yes. My guess is that they used multiple beers and multiple glasses to get to that. Okay. So you're always that going to have. That still seems like 
quite a lot of bubbles, but yes, that is quite a lot of range. And again, why why are we making a paper on this? Or did because someone Mr. wanted to pour out beer that had to be drank? <laughs> exactly. Drunk, did Mister Belair or Liger Belair? Did Gerard? Let's be honest. We're talking about beer here. We're going first names. Did Gerard just want a whole lot of beer funded by the university? <laughs> <laughs> or was there just a whole bunch of beer at a frat Suckers. house? Like shakedown. And they were like, oh, yes, here we go. Yeah. Well, I think legal drinking age is 18 in France. So anyone in college can drink. Yeah. So beside the point, he wanted a beer. <laughs> so I thought that was a fun story that popped up as a headline on Microsoft News today when I logged into my Bing account. And I was like, what? <laughs> That's right. I use Bing instead of Google. I need headlines like that. <laughs> it's the most ridiculous headline I've seen. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, Science up, wise, it's up there. Yeah. yeah. Like, why? <laughs> All right. So that's what I got. All right. That's my teaching moment today. Can I sit back down, professor? Sure. Professor, thank you. <laughs> Can I get a laboratory pass? <laughs> Not until class is over. Damn it. <laughs> I never understood that. Would you like... The, your student to pee their pants and have to call the janitor and their parents to bring an extra pair of clothes or force them into going into the the box with like the super baggy sweatpants from gym class and shit. I don't know. Sorry. Yes, they would. It would make their day a lot easier and better and more fun. <laughs> Those teachers were cruel. It's a story to tell later. <laughs> Little Jonathan today <laughs> pissed his pants for real good. <sighs> Trauma in the making. Anyway. <laughs> This week, we are cracking open Moon Island, the newest New England IPA from Thimble Island Brewing Company, located in Branford, Connecticut. And Thimble? so, yeah, we've definitely talked about Thimble a lot in past episodes. Looking back through my notes, though, I'm surprised that we've only actually featured them once. Really? Yeah. And it was episode eight. And this is episode 80. So I, I was like, oh, it kind of fits. Interesting. Although we did <laughs> have one of their beers during the. We had two well, we of their two. beers. We did their pumpkin beer. That we had. Yep, we did the pumpkin porter as part of the Halloween six pack series, and the vanilla coffee stout as part of the stout six pack series. Yes. Um, but either way, it's been a minute, so I, I'm okay with doing something new from them. Yeah. <laughs> and they actually just finished up some big renovations to the brewery, so I thought it would be nice to kind of put the spotlight back on them this week. Yeah, we also need to go to that. We do. We're we do. Literally 15 minutes away from them. <laughs> <laughs> no excuses. So this part is directly from their website. Thimble Island was established in 2010. It was founded by Justin Gargano and Mike Fawcett, two friends and homebrewers who shared a desire to make great beer for their local community. The brewery is named after the largest group of islands in Connecticut, the Thimble Islands, right off the coast of Branford. Apparently, some tour boat captains claim that there are 365 islands, one for every day of the year. <laughs> um, but in reality, it can vary between like the, the numbers that I saw listed varies between 100 and 365. I want to know how big something has to be popping out of the sea to be considered an island. Literally, some of them disappeared with the tides. That's how small some of them are. I get that. But then how big did, are they when the tides roll in? Or roll out an inch. Is it like, oh, yeah, that's popping out of the water. That's an island now. Mm. I don't know. I'd have loose, to see these standards. Yeah. <laughs> when I think of Connecticut, I don't think of tons of islands. Yeah. Yeah. 
The first settlers bought land from the area's native peoples and established Branford, where lobstermen and commercial fishermen found a profitable harvest in their waters. Today, there are several different ferry and tour boats that leave the town to take you from island to island, but they all tell you the same stories of people and events that were told nearly 50 years ago. So this next part is not from their website. I kind of assumed that Moon Island would be named after one of the actual Thimble Islands, I can't actually find a full list of the island names to confirm that. There's 365 of them. <laughs> um, but we've seen other brews from Thimble Island named after Thimble Islands that do exist. Like Angel Island? Mm, oh, crap. So <laughs> Money Island is real. But I also remember the brewery putting out Rose Island and Hope mm -hmm. Island in the past. And those were not names on the list that I found. So just for my own amusement, here are some good names of actual other Thimble Islands. Bear Island, which is apparently um, the site of a, it has like a rich granite, like quarry on it that actually they harvest, I don't know if harvested is the, the right word for it. Mined. <laughs> Mine, yeah, they mined the, the granite from Bear Island for the Lincoln Memorial, the Statue of Liberty, and something ridiculous like Grant's tomb or something. Hmm, that's um, cool. Yeah. Uh, Hen Island, Potato Island, Cut in Two Island, Mother-in-Law Island, hmm. and Little Pumpkin Island. Oh, come on, Thimble. That's just <laughs> waiting for you to make a beer out of it. Yeah, Halloween it is. Time. Yeah, it is. <laughs> All right. Back to the actual brewery. So, quote, just like the many generations of risk takers before us, Thimble Island Brewery started with a lot of inspiration and was built all by hand. Classic, but never boring. We have a standard for our, our products without letting go of our creativity. Under the leadership of founder and CEO Justin Gargano, we will continue to thrive by putting hard work, passion, and dedication into every beer we make. We pride ourselves on supporting local businesses and have worked with local Branford coffee roaster Willoughby's, as well as donating our spent grain to Salt Marsh Farm in Guilford to feed their livestock. After outgrowing our self-distribution, which we've talked about before when they first started out, mm -hmm. uh, we partnered with the Northeast Beverage for Distribution during fall of 2019 and now have over 1,800 different accounts reaching every part of the state. We currently offer nine core products, as well as numerous seasonal and specialty products in draft, bottles, and cans. End quote. So according to their website, they have 24 tap lines at the brewery. So that's a lot. If like aside from the nine core beers, that's a lot of beers to rotate out. So, mm -hmm. I mean, I think we also mentioned at some point, like how we always see Thimble Island pumping out something new. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so there's always something new and interesting on draft, which is more of a reason to go check them out. <laughs> In addition to all that, they recently expanded their indoor tap room and added a kitchen with a pretty impressive menu. So they don't even need a food truck on premises anymore, and they get to call themselves a brew pub. Ooh. <laughs> so I am glad that you were able to eat lunch today because Moon Island clocks in at 8% ABV. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Before we talk about like how about this beer, uh -huh. my lunch was a bowl of Fruity Pebbles. It wasn't really a good hearted oh. lunch. <laughs> well, at least you have something in your stomach, I guess. Coffee and Fruity Pebbles. Let's do this. Oh, breakfast of champs. <laughs> that was at three o'clock. It was not a break. 
<laughs> it was a breakfast of no champion. <laughs> this will be interesting. So Fimmel Island says Moon Island is, quote, double dry hopped with Galaxy and Pacifica hops, bringing sweet floral notes of tangy herbs, candied citrus, and a hint of fresh cut pine. Been a while since we've had either of those. Mm-hmm. So Galaxy, well, actually, you'd be surprised how often Galaxy popped up. I looked back in my notes. Um, but Galaxy Hops are a unique Australian breed of hop that's descended from a German variety called Pearl. But what makes Galaxy unique is that it has the highest percentage of essential oils in the industry. It was first commercially produced in 2009 after nine years of testing and quickly gained popularity in Australia as well as overseas. It has amazing citrus, peach, and passion fruit aromas and is best used as a late addition hence this beer being double dry hopped. And the flavor is very intense right when you use it, and then it kind of mellows out a bit as it matures. So Galaxy Hops have a flavor profile that is very fruity, like passion fruit, apricot, and key lime, citrus, or black currant, but no uh, floral or spicy notes, which makes them apparently very in demand and thus harder to come by, or at least at the time that this article was written. (laughs) And then we've got Pacifica hops, which were bred in New Zealand, released in 1994, and they are actually the result of open pollination breeding of the German hop Hallertaul Mittelfra. <laughs> <laughs> and like Hallertaul Mittelfra, Pacifica is mostly known for its aromatic properties, lending a spicy and decidedly floral aroma. It may also impart some citrus notes, especially orange or even orange marmalade when used late in the boil. What's that going to taste like compared to orange? What are we looking at for marmalade? Mm-hmm. Sweeter orange? More I, of a syrupy I guess orange? More like can I guess a candied kind of taste. I don't know. Okay. I, I honestly don't know if I've ever had orange marmalade. I've had marmalade. I don't know if I've had orange. I mean, it's just like jam. Yeah. But I guess candied orange makes sense because that's mm-hmm. got a little bit of a different flavor from It did say candied orange. citrus. Yeah. Um. So given the noble hop lineage that kind of generally lends itself to uh, lagers and amber ales and colches. I'm really interested in the choice to use Pacifica in a New England IPA, Um, especially when when paired with Galaxy, which we already know works really well in IPAs because we've talked about, here we go, we've talked about Galaxy Hops for Baby Kittens, Mm -hmm. uh, Stargazer, The Cocoon, and even Summer Ale. Yeah. I know we've talked about it. I, I, we haven't talked about either of those in a while. In a while. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's fair. But yeah, so that's what I got. Ooh. Does that mean it's time to drink these beers? It's time to drink it. Oh, uh, that's my favorite part of the show. <laughs> I mean, my favorite part is listening to you, my love. Oh. Shut up and get the beer. <laughs> yeah. This is a very different can than most cans. Um, I feel like this fits their island series. Yeah. It looks very similar to the Hope Island uh, <laughs> can. Okay. We're not there yet. <laughs> We're not there yet. <laughs> All right. Let's crack it. Ooh. I like how we cracked those. It was like scary Yeah, that was good. Sound. Ooh, it smells good. Ooh, I can smell. I think I smell the orange. The orange. Orange. It is about the color I expected. Yeah. It's an SRM of about 12, I would say. <laughs> Bastards are not giving us the SRM. No one ever does anymore. I feel like it's like already like we we found it a couple times last year and now 
The SRM is measurable. IBUs, yeah, are just some made-up crap, but at least give us the SRM. Yeah. Absolutely smell the orange off of this. Ooh, yeah, I can. Cheers. Cheers. Oh, that is lighter than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, there's a lot going on. A lot going on. Wow. There's a lot going on, but it's all at the front, and it disappears into nothing, and yeah. it's super refreshing. This is a summer beer right here. Oh, this is a dangerous summer beer. 8% IPA. Holy crap, I forgot that's this 8%. <laughs> this does not taste 8%. No, it doesn't. It's. I would tell you this was like 4.5. It's sweet, but not in a double Clank. IPA sweet kind of way. I don't think it's, yeah, I don't think it's that sweet at all. I mean, it is sweet, but it's not sweet like, yeah, double IPA cloying. Yeah. And it's like only trying sweet to on cover the up yeah. anything sweet. I love this. This might be one of my favorite things to come out of Thimble Island in a long time. And Aside the, from the Sour Siren series. At the end of the sip, you get you get a little bit of that orange marmalade. Yeah, I think so. It's this. It is like a candied orange. It's like the old citrusy, like old lady candies that you get. <laughs> like the gummy oranges. My great grandmother actually used to have a. Always have the hard candies, like a classical lady, mm-hmm. and the in a the, bowl on the table, on the a coffee table. table. Yep. yep, and then a uh, another thing of the the candied oranges all the time, and that is I get a little bit of that for sure. Yeah, but I think it has the the mouth feel of an IPA meets a lager, and I wonder if that's due to the Pacifica hops. Maybe yeah, it's like a it's like a summer ale kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, it's like it's a little a very bit of that. lightly carbonated, lots of tiny little bubbles. Uh, not a huge head. Do you think it's two hundred thousand or two million bubbles? <laughs> 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 no, the head is not there at all, um, really. But there are a lot of that little those little bubbles kind of mm-hmm. giving it that little like thin froth above the uh, above the top of the beer. I'm sorry, I don't mm-hmm. know why I froze because <laughs> you were staring at the lacing on your glass. <laughs> oh my god, look at the bubbles. This beer is fantastic. It's really good. I was not expecting this beer to not, not that I'm not, I wasn't expecting it to be good. I really had no, no expectation for this beer either way, mm-hmm. but I was expecting something way different, not knowing exactly. I knew it was part of the Island Hopper series because you told me that mm-hmm. and you told me to eat because it was 8%. I don't know 8, if this is the 8%. Island Hopper series. They have a slightly different style can. Uh, the side of the can literally oh, says does. Island Hopper Series. So okay, okay. I believe it's part of the Island Hopper <laughs> Series. Well, I'll show you the can art later of why, what made me question whether this was part of it or not. I think I know why. I think because I think a lot of some of the other ones have a different background. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I was expecting 8%. I was expecting something closer to maybe Ghost Island mm-hmm. or something closer to one of their stronger beers. Yeah. Um, One of their more powerful IPAs that they've done. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I like... Ghost Island quite a bit. You do. And I like Triple Ghost, yep. Double Ghost. I think Ghost is just double already. Yeah. But I like Triple Ghost. I loved the spicy Ghost. Oh, yeah. The, uh, the hot peppers. <laughs> That's still, I think, one of the best hot pepper beers I've had. This, Aside from the one from Voracious. Oh, I've had other good hot pepper yeah. beers. Yeah. Two Roads Root of All Evil with the pepper is really good too. Mm-hmm. But this is very, I would mistake this for like kind of trying to be like the summer ale. From back yeah. east almost. like, And it doesn't taste like it's 8%. And no. summer ale is what, five? Yep. Like a classic ale. Like mm-hmm. easy drinking. Not quite as low as like a session, but you could keep going on these. This is yeah, 8%. Could. And it, you could keep going on these. Yeah. I don't know. And I, we've had other beers that are this high or higher before that we're like, oh, you really can't taste the alcohol. 
I feel like we were lying now. Yeah, <laughs> Jason this, tasting this. <laughs> this is light. It's delicious. The flavor doesn't overwhelm you. The sweetness doesn't overwhelm you to try to hide the alcohol. Yeah. The alcohol isn't there going, ah. It's not like, ooh, wow, that's strong. Like uh, some of the porters from the porter episode. Mm-hmm. And there are some double IPAs we've had where it gives you that same reaction. Yeah. There is none of that in here. That was why you had to remind me it's 8%. I could literally put a six pack of these out on the deck when I finished the tiki deck again for this year. <laughs> Crack open the, put the, put ice in a cooler and just chill the entire day. You and me out there drinking these, yeah. each of us with a six pack. And I would be knocked out by three or four. <laughs> but it would be a good day. It would be, uh, yes, it would be a good day. But I would also forget that it was 8%. Like I should not have brought out six. Yeah. Like this is incredible. Incredible. Really, really good. It's, I don't know. Like, I don't know what I would categorize it as other than a New England IPA, but it's a little different than other New England IPAs. It's because it's not bitter. (laughs) It's easy drinking. It's super light. It's super refreshing. It's. It really is hard to come by a refreshing New England IPA. Yes, because New England IPAs are very flavor forward. Mm Definitely hoppy. Dense, yeah. Tend to be dense. Not necessarily, but they do tend to be dense. They're very hoppy with more of the stone fruit kind of flavors coming forward. And the higher alcohol content you get, the heavier they are, Mm -hmm. the more carbonated they are, the more frothy they are. I don't see any sign of sediment in this at all. Uh, I, Thimble Island. It's hazy, but it's not sedimenty. Yeah. Thimble Island does a very good job of... Filtering out their beer unless they don't want to do it. Yeah. Which when we took their tour. I think tour, they talked about yeah, that. Yeah, they talk yeah. about that. They have a big filtering process and the only way you're going to get sediment in the beer is if, is they, if they want, want it to you be there. to have sediment in their beer. Okay, yeah. And Thimble Island, I think part of the refreshness of this beer goes to the water source that Thimble Island gets a lot of their stuff from. Because mm-hmm. I remember them on the tour talking about how good their water source is yeah. around Branford. And I think that's part of what makes this beer so good and refreshing. And what stinks is it's only available in Connecticut right now. Yeah. I think Thimble would definitely benefit from putting their stuff in Grand Central Station because if they put that in the, especially that beer oh, store that just opened now in yeah. Grand Central or in one of the main uh, concourse location, mm-hmm. uh, 7-Eleven type places mm-hmm. to buy one of these tall boys for the ride home. Yeah. This would do incredibly well. People from New York would find this beer and take the train in. Yep. People from Connecticut who just commute back and forth who might not normally go would have it. People who come in from Massachusetts might take a day trip now. Mm -hmm. Like it's such a nexus. And I feel like you don't have to get your beer out too far. You just have to get it into something like Grand Central Station or Penn Station if you're from Long Island or New Jersey or something. And get it into those, that nexus of the commuters of the Northeast and Mm -hmm. you can get it to then Five there would be a growing state. demand in those other states. And then maybe you can. And once they start clamoring work for it there, then that. yeah. yeah. I mean, and I, they're already past the point of being self-distributed. So the who, problem who with that, obviously, if you blow up too big, then especially Thimble Island is a very small place. Mm. They put out a lot of beer. An amazing amount of beer for the size of the yeah. location. If you go through their tour, their tour is like 15 minutes. There's not a lot there. I mean, there is a lot there. And a lot of beer. <laughs> it's they they have half over like three quarters of their facility is beer that's already packed up waiting to go out. Yeah. And then and here's where we make the beer. 
in this really small area and somehow they're pumping out the entire warehouse. It must be like a 24 seven operation. I mean, I, I guess most breweries must be, but I don't know. They have to be. (laughs) They're pumping out some crazy amounts of beer and the amount that they've grown from when we took the tour the first time to the second time to the second time is insane. Yeah. Um, and we haven't had a chance to check the new tap room out, which sucks. Not yet. We were there th- this Soon. summer during the outdoor seating because of uh, COVID and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Plus, Thimble Island's got a really nice outdoor area with nice uh, yeah, they're right by Adirondack the coast. chairs yep. and just they're in an industrial facility, but it is right by the coast. So you get really nice breeze and really fresh air mm-hmm. and they make it really welcoming. But the inside was looking really cool the way they were painting And they're stuff. dog friendly. They are dog friendly. But I did not know about that kitchen either. Yeah, that's, that's new. Cool. That's brand new. Yeah, I highly you recommend check out anybody menu. checks out Thimble <laughs> Island, but also this beer, which is already hitting me. Clearly, I just keep talking. This is incredible. This is I'm very impressed. I was I was a little hesitant to pick it up, like based on the the eight percent, but I was like, ah, it's been a while. No, oh, yeah, we haven't done um, a Thimble Island in a while, but like this is oh my god, I can't believe that this beer is what it is. Yeah, I said it once. I'll say it again. New Zealand hops, man. Oh, no, I love New Zealand hops. Uh, Tribus Brewery, which we talk about a lot from yep. our hometown in Milford. They did a vote on like what single hop beer you want because I'm a member now. So I get to vote on that mm-hmm. stuff. I was like, Rowaka all the way. I was yep. like, give me some New Zealand hops. And <laughs> Rowaka won. And so I can't be the only one thinking New Zealand hops is where it's at. Yeah, New Zealand and Australian hops. They, they are so they are interesting. They are producing so much good stuff. The other thing is, I think, because they're not necessarily so stone fruit forward. Mm-hmm. Um, they're also... It's different. Not that I not that I have anything against dank beers, but they don't have those dank notes. So it makes the beer a little bit lighter. Yeah. Oh, yeah, oh for sure. I think what it is, is we like the lighter beers because we've had so many dank beers lately. True. And now the last like, so year or so, it, we're getting more refreshing. lighter beers, which is also nice because also now we're getting West Coast IPAs. But I also feel like West Coast are piney. New England are overly stone fruity. Mm-hmm. West Coast are overly piney. Not that I'm complaining about overly either way. Yeah. I really like the pine. I really like the fruit. And it, yeah. And that's just a, a generality. Like other breweries put their own twist on it. It's just like a, a sliding scale oh, right. of those flavors. But New Zealand hops tend to be a little bit of the best of both worlds. Like mm-hmm. I can kind of get a piney vibe from this, like a little bit of this fresh air kind of natural. I don't want to be like, it tastes like dirt. I hate people who are like, <laughs> Well, dirt notes. And I, I'm making it actually fun of one of my favorite YouTubers. So, oh. uh, but I also get how that tastes, that taste that they're talking about. But I, I don't want to say it's dirt, but it's like earthy, earthy. It's like fresh cut, but not in like a dirt kind of way, but in like a grassy kind of fresh cut grass, yeah. leafy kind of way, more of a, in a green than mm-hmm. a brown kind of way. You'd be surprised how often I see fresh cut grass as a descriptor for beer. No. Yeah. And it's. <laughs> But I think that's part of the hopness of it all. And the hopness almost is like we'd like to begin with. And mm-hmm. that's almost a, a weird like grass on LSD kind of taste yeah, or, yeah. or smell. But this also has this lemon citrus undertone, but this orange, but not like like a mandarin or a, a tangerine, like one of those small little halo fruits. Almost. Yeah, like, yeah. Not like, like overly orange. Yeah. It's not like a blue moon. Like, yeah, clementine, but with a little bit of that sugar on top, like a gummy clementine mm-hmm. thing. And it's just. Oh, that sounds really good right now, actually. But also light with lemon and it goes down like water almost, like sparkling water. A little like, too this easy. Is incredible at 8%. Yeah. 
this is something that um, if we buy again, I would definitely have uh, Dave, who I do two play bros with, because mm-hmm. I record these episodes right before I record two play bros. If I didn't know, we would probably Wednesdays only have four. Wednesdays are busy days for this boy. Yeah, I would go upstairs and give Dave one of these because mm-hmm. he's he's gonna he's gonna fucking love that. I'm definitely mm-hmm. gonna tell him to buy this. Yeah, this is out of this world good. Katie would love this too. Oh, absolutely! My sister in law would absolutely like this. It's just ah, this this beer, man. <laughs> this is. The best thing to come out of Thimble Island in quite some time. That's a newer beer. And I was a little low yeah, as- on- aside from their core beers. Yeah. Yeah. I was a little down on Thimble Island when we had the coffee porter because it was definitely not what I remember. Definitely too sweet. And I was really disappointed. Yeah. And I was like, oh man, but still love their coffee beer still lo- or their pumpkin beer. Yeah. Still oh, love. Absolutely. I think Angel Island is the one and that I was And it could have been like, that batch. Mm, I think yeah, that's just you Asian really Twitter. liked Angel Island. Angel Island, I was, oh, I was crazy for. <laughs> ghost Island, Triple Ghost, the Hot Pepper Ghost. If you go to Thimble Island, mm-hmm. you should always check out their cask series. Yes. Because they do something very interesting, which I don't think any other brewery really does, which is they take some beer mm-hmm. and put it in a a wooden barrel that's on their bar top that they can pour out of and they do stuff to it. So they'll put hot peppers in it, they'll put different fruits in it or different, you know, plants in it or different, uh, I don't think they've ever done meats, but they'll put weird stuff, <laughs> they'll put weird stuff in it and they're make not this, Arby's. yeah, <laughs> we got the meats, we've got the meats, it's not something you want to hear from your brewery, no. <laughs> what flavor is this IPA, ham, <laughs> but <laughs> they'll do like really interesting things to the cask series and then they'll pour it for you and it's available for that weekend, usually starting that Saturday mm-hmm. and then it's gone. I don't know if they're doing that now. I don't know if the business is there yet to do it. Yeah. I haven't seen them post anything on Facebook about it, but you should check that out because I always see it. And unfortunately in my line of work, I work weekends most of the time. Yeah. So I'm never able to get down there and try the cask and I'm really sad they never have it during the weekdays. Because um, they, well, but, pre-COVID, they did the Firk and Thursdays kind of thing. Where that, and Thursdays is when they would tap the small little keg. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Two Roads is a Firkin thing as well. I always miss the Firkins. Yeah. We have two breweries within 15 minutes of us that two Firkins, and I miss them both. We've never been to a single Firkin, and it looks so cool. <laughs> but the cast series is definitely something you want to go to. And anyway, let me talk about this can. There we go. So this can is different than most and i think i know why elise is saying it's not part of the island hopper series because it doesn't have the map in the background yeah all the other island hoppers that we've seen definitely angel island i believe rose island, rose island all had the were different had colors like a dove on it but there was still, still some something in the background that like was like compass like yeah like a compass like old-timey map yeah of the ocean and islands in the background kind of faded behind the image mm-hmm. and this doesn't really have it it's just a plain white background so that kind of changes it but it does make it stand out mm-hmm. uh and the image that you get on the can this is a tall boy with not a full label this is just a wraparound label so it's a white label with an orange band up top that's just a symbol island over and over again and then within the white on the front is a window almost like one of those castle windows the cylinder with the arch yeah. above it and there's an orange moon, which might hint at the orange flavor to the beer. I didn't even think about that. Reflecting over the ocean, which is really pretty, really well done. It's an artistic mm-hmm. drawing with stars behind it. And then on the white, it says Moon Island, 
with the little harpoon, little harpoons going out from the island to make like a line. And New England India Pale Ale Galaxy Pacifica. On the left side, you get Thimble's logo, really big, and then a Quality Craft logo with a captain's wheel on the bottom. But the Thimble logo uh, is a nice font, typical font. Um, but the eye, instead of being an eye in Thimble, is a uh, a shipshank. I believe that's the, the the rope. I need to go to boating school. I don't know. <laughs> but it's some kind of nautical rope tie. And on the bottom, it says it's part of the Island Hopper series in orange. And on the right side, it says 1.8% alcohol by volume. It does do it in pretty big, bold letters. So, you know, <laughs> and then it's got the independent craft logo. Please recycle is pretty cool because it's a please recycle logo. But harpoons it's are on the, the ends tridents. going around. Yeah, yeah. the tridents going around. I don't know why I'm saying harpoons. Yeah, tridents. It's pretty cool. It's very minimalist compared to most of their cans, mm-hmm. but I think that's the point. That white and the orange really stands out. It does. And makes that window kind of pop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it looks like a cathedral almost, cathedral window. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, most of the Island Hopper series have the map in the back, so that's yeah. probably why I at least didn't think it was part of the Island Hopper series. It threw me off. And then all of their Sour series are drawn like, are, are women. Cartoonish, But almost? they're drawn in the style of Archer. Yeah. They're yeah. Archer cartoon characters. Which is interesting, and I want to almost wonder if it's one of the artists from Archer that they hired to do it. Hmm. But we're not talking about those sour series, which of which we have to drink like four. We're we're like behind. Yeah, we've tried. Yeah, but we've tried a bunch, and they're all, for the most part, excellent. Oh yeah. Um, if you would like to go back to episode eight, as I mentioned before, that was about Lanai, which was, I believe, coconut and pineapple mm-hmm. sour ale. I believe in that episode we talk about which was the one peppercorn, uh, Rita. Rita, which I hated the first time we had it. Yep. And after that, we had it at the brewery on draft. I loved it. Mm-hmm. So I think I just needed to get used to the peppercorn. Yeah. Which is very like me. Most of my favorite beers I hate first, and then I, they become my. It's favorite. true. Like Kaiser goes. <laughs> yep. Um. Yeah, I, this beer is so good. It's really good. Do you have anything else to add about this beer? <clears throat> go out and buy it. Yeah. Go out and buy this beer. This is great. And before you, we leave you, I just wanted to do a shout out to Bad Sons Brewery, oh, who hosted yeah. the April Sours event uh, last week. Yep. And it was great. It was the first event of its kind, at least in Connecticut. It was mm-hmm. highly watched by the health inspectors. They were very diligent. Maybe a little annoyingly so, but I get it. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah, that's the point. To, to prove, to that, prove we, that we we're can have events and we're to ready have to have events, events again. As long as they're controlled and everybody behaves. And I think pretty much everybody did. Yeah. And it was a great event. Uh there were a bunch of breweries that didn't make it, including Thimble, Aww. which I believe were on the list to show up and they didn't yeah. show up. We were sad. We were hoping to catch up on some of those sours, Thimble. <laughs> but Bad Sons brought it with a bunch of beers. Uh, including Lumpa, which I had uh, one with white wine, which I forgot the name of. Uh, there was Numskull that was uh, aged in, I believe, Chardonnay barrels. Yes, the Numskull is the one that I thought from Bad Sons was their best. So one. good, and then Floozy was also aged in some kind of wine barrel, but I can't remember what kind. Okay, I don't remember if I really remember Floozy, but yeah, a whole bunch of different breweries were there. Uh, Stony Creek actually brought it, which I obviously, oh, yeah. if you watch the Crumb episode. I love crumb, but I also mentioned that Stony Creek also generally is okay. They had a peach beer there mm-hmm. that was oh. out of this world. Yeah. And screamed, I, Mike. it was so good <laughs> at the end of the, when they were packing up, I went up to them and asked them if I could find it anywhere and mentioned them how good the beer was. And they actually gave me a can of 
uh, a blueberry pie beer, which I have not opened up yet, but I'm very excited about. <laughs> and then Labyrinth Brewing. Labyrinth won the show, I think, for me. <laughs> for you. and uh, Definitely uh, up there. Yeah, definitely up there for, for us and our friends that also attended with us. Yes, it was called Sour Batch. And it's a, play a Sour, Sour Patch, Patch Kid Kids. beer. Yeah. And it was absolutely everything you wanted. It tastes like Sour Patch Kids and was super sour, which is what you want in a sour event. Super sour. Super duper sour. An- another uh, great beer was from New England. Or was it New England? Who did Scorpion Bowl? It was New England, right? Yeah. Yeah. It was New England Brewing I, For some company. reason, I think of them as Nebco, exactly, not yeah. New England. It was New England Brewing Company or Nebco. <laughs> uh, they had two sours. I didn't even know they did sours yet. Uh, I believe we've done them on the show before. Um, we've not done Sea Hag. I don't think we have done Sea Hag. Oh my God, it's so popular. We should do Sea Hag. We need listens. I know. <laughs> oh, we did um, Face Hugger. We did do Face Hugger. Yep. Uh, they put out a bunch of beers. They're they're really great. If you haven't had New England Brewing Company, before. yeah, they have an incredible cult following for beers like G Bot, Fuzzy Baby Ducks. Yep. Um, Double Fuzzy. Yep. And there was there was a double something else, double unicorn, double fuzzy unicorn, maybe maybe, maybe unicorn. Yeah, it, they are very, very good. They used to be in a bunch of states and they pulled back because the demand was so high they couldn't even fulfill Connecticut. Um, but I know people come from other states to buy their beer because yeah. they remember how good that is. Uh, they put out sours now and they had one called the Scorpion Bowl, mm-hmm. which is 8.1 percent in a sour, which I've never had a sour that high. No, but it totally made sense because it was so flavorful mm-hmm. and tasted a lot like a Scorpion Bowl. You'd get at a restaurant with all the different ingredients. It was fantastic. Check that out if you get to Nebco or you see it in your liquor store. If you're from Connecticut or you travel in. Yeah. If you see Sea Hag anywhere, get it. Oh, Sea Hag. Yeah. But that that sour was incredible. You know, there were other ones like Great Falls was there, Powder Hill, <laughs> Firefly Hollow was there, but we did not get a chance to try their beer before they packed up early. Armada brought it really hard with yeah. their beers. I really like the Armada beers yep. that they brought in, although they kind of snuck in beers that weren't sours, but they were still <laughs> really good. They had a stout that was amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, a huge shout out to Bad Sons for making this event possible. Yes. That was a great event. We... It was great We're to be so back excited at a beer to event finally again. be back at a beer fest. Yeah. <laughs> the music was good. Mm-hmm. The, the vibe was good. The food was great. And the beer was just flowing. Yeah. And uh, I love sour beers. It was a great time for beer because now it's warming up. It's a great time for sours. And uh, I think we had mentioned before every, all the shutdown that we were going to April sours. Yep, we and did. And we were going to do a report from there. So we didn't get to. So we were so excited. We didn't do much we didn't do like any pictures we didn't really talk to like we didn't do enough work i think yeah because <laughs> we were just so, so excited, excited to, be to be there <laughs> so i just wanted to do a shout out to this beer event which was great yeah and uh deserves some talking about but so does thimble and this moon island because this is this is dope this might be the top <laughs> of my list for this year which i think i've it- already said once this year you have but- i can't remember what but this i will say that this might be the top for my list so far this year I, I, I this is so good i don't remember what i said the top of my list was uh, if i took two seconds to think about it and this wasn't eight percent i'd know probably if i didn't just have fruity pebbles i should have eaten more like you said <laughs> but no yeah this is absolutely incredible moon island thimble island if you're in connecticut come get it if you're not in connecticut come on down and get it or get a friend to buy it for you and send it to you yeah find somebody nearby who can come in buy it and ship it out rules are lax now man let's go <laughs> All right. So 
Thank you guys for tuning into this week's episode. And if you enjoyed it, please rate it, review it, and share it with your friends and subscribe to catch your future episodes. You can find us on crackandwhenopen.com or Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at crackandwhenopen, or shoot us an email at crackandwhenopen at gmail.com with any comments, questions, or suggestions, because we want to hear from you. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. What else you got to plug? I've got books on Audible. Find me at Michael Butler. I've got a book called Sour, where I do a bunch of Southern accents. It's like Evil Dead meets an Appalachian fairy tale. I do an Evil Witch accent, too. It's really fun. Mm -hmm. Uh, I've also got other horror books. I've got a short story collection called Coffee at Midnight, an 80s slasher type novel called The Final Girl. I've got Progressive Entrapment, if you like really messed up horror stories, (laughs) and a murder mystery kind of story that takes place around horror films called The Murder of Kelly Christopher. If you like British Guy Ritchie novels, I've got Art, Fraud, and Gangsters, Switch Art, Fraud, and Gangsters, which is... I do a bunch of different British accents and it's like a Guy Ritchie movie comes to life. Check those books out at audible.com. I've also got a bunch of others. I don't make money unless you buy these books. So buy these books. Help me, help me live. Help me buy this beer. Help me buy at least something nice for our anniversary. Please. You can help fund my life. Will you remember? Oh no, don't do the don't do the ASPCA song. Uh, I've also got two other podcasts I do. I've got Forgotten Cinema. I do a podcast I do with my buddy Mike Field, where we take a look at movies that seem to be forgotten by audiences, whether it be because a more popular movie was released at the same time or the film simply didn't catch on with audiences in its initial run. We discuss what we love about the movie, maybe don't love about it, but we always recommend you revisit it. You never know. You might find your own forgotten gem. I've also got Two Player Bros, a podcast I do with my uh, buddy Dave sometimes. My brother Alex, where we're two guys who play way too many video games. Join us as we talk Xbox, PlayStation, PC, VR, Nintendo. We have it all. We play it all. We talk about it all. Reviews, previews, all that good stuff. Both of those shows are also on ForgottenEntertainment.com or wherever you get your podcasts because we're all part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. Oh, and a special thanks for our theme, which was composed and performed by Joe Reichert. Until next time. Cheers. Cheers. I want more of this beer, but I know yeah. I'm just going to end up asleep on the floor before <laughs> I record my next podcast. Womp, womp. More. <laughs> <laughs>